Hi, and welcome to Voice of the Artist Dance Edition, where we're listening to the thoughts and perspectives of dance artists and dance professionals through and beyond their creative work. I'm Sandy Rosine, Creative Director at Bez Arts Hub, and we're glad you've joined us. Shannon has been a teacher in fitness and movement um, in the movement community for over 20 years. Um, she teaches Pilates. She grew up in a dance studio. She has her BA in theater. Um, and she just got her diploma in professional counseling, which is very a great cool combination, kind of similar combination that I have. Um, mm -hmm. And I love this, that your goal is always to have people walk out of your class feeling capable and confident in their bodies. I think mm -hmm. that is a pretty wonderful goal. Um, so maybe if you want to start, uh, Shannon, and let us know kind of your journey in movement and, and obviously mind-body wellness connections as well, um, mm -hmm. how did you end up where you are right now? Well, I think, uh, you know, it comes from a similar place as you two lovely ladies from a, a love of movement, a love of dance. Like my earliest memory is seeing my little three-year-old self in the dance studio mirror with my tap shoes on and my <laughs> older awkward brother behind me, you know, doing all the steps and what I know what kind of sticks with me the most is I have a huge smile on my face. Hmm. And I don't even know if I'm doing all the right steps, but I love stomping around and I love the expressive part of what we were doing. I've always been terrible at remembering choreography, so I'm sure I was doing something completely different than everybody else. <laughs> but of course, I was in the front row, right? <laughs> front row. Right? So that's my, my earliest memory, being three years old in, in a dance studio. Um, and I just remember really wanting to be there. Hmm. Yeah. Really wanting to be there. It was like my favorite part of the week. Hmm. Um, and I think that that feeling definitely changed over the years mm. in my sort of dance upbringing in a studio. And, you know, by the time I was 13, I ended up quitting dance. And I wasn't quite exactly sure why I wanted to quit, but I just felt this very extreme need in my body to escape. Mm. And that's all I really remember. So I have those two sort of really strong experiences and then uh, a, a lot of things that happened in between. And I think that everything that happened after that is me trying to rectify what happened mm. between the age of three and the age of 13. Mm. You know, how did my um, sort of feeling around moving my body around other people with the leadership of teachers, how did it change so drastically? Yeah. So I've done a lot of uh, inquiry with that. It's led me to a bunch of different places hmm. with what I'm doing. And are, are the things that you're currently doing kind of a response to those discoveries? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that, um, you know, when I did return to dance, and that was in my early 20s, I returned to um, improv dance. So I, I studied quite a bit of contact modern improv okay. where I didn't have to worry about choreography. I didn't have to worry about comparison. The focus was mostly on relationship and being present and in the moment and your breath. And I sort of rediscovered another aspect of dance mm -hmm. um, that probably was very much a part of how I started, which was this acknowledgement of moving from a place of feeling mm. and yeah. Uh, more of an authentic, intuitive uh, inner experience of wonderful. what I'm doing. Yeah, wonderful. And it drew me back in. And, and you know, I, I, training with Peter Bingham, he, he's quite, mm. like, structured in the way that he, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you probably know who he is, yeah. but he's quite structured in what he offers yeah. and, you know, could come across quite strict in what yeah. he's doing, but he holds a lot of space for the experience to happen. Mm. And I found that very intriguing. Um, so when I started to, um, lead, uh, yoga classes, which is where I started with leading, um, fitness and movement, um, I realized that I was in sort of a, in a place of wanting people to explore their potential 
right. which is really what technical dance gave me. Right. It's like, right. here's the structure, here's the technique, here's that repetition element of trying to get it perfect for performance or exam. Right. But then letting off all the aesthetic. So here's the, the class today. Here's some of the, you know, challenging places we're going to take you, but you have your own interpretation hmm. of what that shape looks like. Yeah. I want you to slow down. I want you to pay attention to your breath. And if it doesn't feel right, I acknowledge that you know your body better than I. Right. And you have the option to rest. And that was kind of like the next step up for me is, is holding that sort of structured space for people hmm. with the room to explore right. themselves. That's yeah. wonderful. Wow, that's yeah, really wonderful. Great. I like that. Yeah. I like that because um, what what starts to trickle down to kids, especially when they hit those those preteen, early teen years, um, mm. to get corrections start to feel like not just you did it wrong, but you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And sure. and and that you know, and, and interesting that you say you know, age thirteen, you dropped out. That's actually really really mm. common. That's a very common age for um, students to drop out of studios when they've started at a very young age. And yeah, and yeah I think there, there is something there about um, trying to find your authentic self in the midst of studio structure. So I love that way of looking at it. So I'm going to, I mean, Danielle and I have been talking a little bit about this because you, we had given you a question sheet um, that was asking about... Um, body positivity, and we were, you know, wanting to talk about that, but you responded Mm. with, you'd rather talk about body neutrality rather than body positivity. Mm. So can you kind of unpack that for us, kind of the difference and what the value of the idea of body neutrality? I just want to kind of like be clear in the sense that I do believe that body positivity has its place. And I feel like, you know, as we can define it is this um, routine of changing some of the programming in our head that goes to a more negative space. If we're going to have a positive space, it, we must have a negative space is right. kind of the right. extreme here, right? Right. So, you know, especially in that early tween, teenager time, we start to understand identity a little bit and a lot of that comes through comparison to others. Right. We understand our yeah. through yeah. the people that are around us, right? Yeah. So um, if we're going to relate it to what we're talking about as far as like the movement, the fitness, the dance scene, I think that when, or I was, this is my personal experience, but also, you know, the conversations I've had in that time, as you mentioned, we're extremely sensitive Mm-hmm. And I think that what has happened is since we've kind of come from this place of you're good enough, you know, you are enough, you're smart, your body is beautiful, actually, your body is perfect. When when young people start to hear that messaging, and if there is a already a programmed in thought process of I'm broken, I'm in a larger body. Um, I feel awkward. I have anxiety. It's a really big leap to get from point A to point B. Hmm. And for some, it might feel um, really unauthentic. unauthentic. For others, it might feel like, again, they're doing something wrong if they don't feel positive about their body. They can't get there. They can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I do think that it is a response to how negative women's bodies have been treated. Um, And I think that that is the natural pendulum swing is that we've come from a negative place. And so we're trying to sort of make up for all of that negativity by overlaying positive thinking. And then the basic structure of um, body positivity is to actually do a practice. And the practice is reflection-based. So it's, we sit, we look in the mirror, we see our body to the level that you're comfortable being clothed. We look at different bodies' parts and we affirm that they are beautiful. And we hold lots of different spaces for women to do that, which I think are very, very healthy spaces, most of them. Um, 
But I do think that for some of us, when we're in that space, looking at our bodies, telling us that we're beautiful and we're acceptable or we're perfect as we are, that it can also be quite triggering. Mm. That it's, we feel like a little bit like we're gaslighting yeah. ourselves or wow. forcing. Wow. Yeah. And I, I do think that there's an easier way. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where I come to this idea of like, well, maybe the project is that there's no project. Yeah. And, and, and it's such a light bulb, I think, when we just stop and be like, this is who I am right now in this moment, in this body, at this age, with this new baby, you know, <laughs> you know, going back to work or, you know, trying to hold down a family or having had three children yeah. or whatever it is. This is the body that I am in right now. And I'm a physical being. I'm not just a physical body. Can I take all of that energy that I've been focused on the external and telling myself that it's perfect? And can I put it into focusing on what is my body capable of? Mm. What can I do? What have I done with this body? There's a whole other side to this body, which is the internal workings. Hmm. Right. And which is what we're trying to change with that positive sort of affirmation practice. Right. It's right. Like, but can I just be, I'm in a shit mood today. I actually don't feel good in my body. Hmm. Yeah. And can we make that an acceptable way to be for women and for young women? It's that I, I don't love my body all the time hmm. and nothing about me actually needs to change today. Like, I feel like that is just like a total game changer that I can yeah. feel this way and it's okay. Well, so this is how I would describe ahead. the body sort of neutral approach yeah. to thing. Yeah. Knowing that it's going to shift, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of trying to force up against something that feels impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think um, what you're even saying is um, if there's, if there's kind of this thing that I've got to, I've got to reach this, um, um, narrative that says that I'm beautiful, I'm wonderful, you know, all that kind of thing. And I, if I can't reach it, if there is a bit of a chasm there, then there's added shame <laughs> to whatever mm -hmm. I already feel about my body because I can't feel positive about my body. And, it, and that, mm -hmm. that becomes then another vicious cycle. Um, yeah. yeah. So I like this, Shannon. I really like this. This is good. Well, I, also, I see it in my practice. And when I'm leading classes, um, you know, I'll just give you an example. And this is probably, you know, also prevalent in the dance uh, studios where you have a probably fit instructor up in front of you, leading you through a class who is, is probably able to do all of the movements quite well, like aesthetically, very, very well. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to yoga teachers, they probably already have a mobile body. Um, they're able to do things so simple, like getting up and down from the ground or holding planks. And then you also get this layer of that, you know, seemingly perfect looking person saying things like, you can do it. You're right. beautiful. Right. You know, like keep going. And it, I feel like it turns off some people in mm. class as mm. opposed to this is uncomfortable yeah stay in connection to your breath yeah whatever's coming up for you is completely normal yeah, yeah. if you need to rest listen to your body yeah yeah even even to even to acknowledge that that um even the honest negative thoughts are good in that we are we are acknowledging what's actually going on in us that that is a mm. good thing um, to to just be honest about what's going on internally that's yeah. so helpful I'm sure I would even challenge the notion that they're negative yeah if I'm going to challenge the notion that the positives are positives that's I think I would challenge the notion that the negatives are negatives because right. this is what the human experience right is all about right and it, and when we start to label feelings as positive and negative then right. i think that people feel deterred from expressing Indeed. their true experience yep. right yep yep yeah. and i'm sure danielle has lots to, lots of questions to add yes. to that 
I have to be honest because I was actually pretty nervous for today. I think because mm. I have had such a complex experience with my body in the past few years. So I like have lots of feelings toward body in general. Um, mm. And just like as you were talking, Shannon, I was like, oh my gosh, I have some stuff I need to work on just because I'm over here being quiet, just like full of feelings and like panic <laughs> in my body <laughs> because of everything that's transpired in like the past year let's say with my body Mm. I don't know if you know Shannon but I had my baby like really really early and it was a really Mm. horrible pregnancy and I've not been the same since and I remember everyone like in the NICU saying oh think of your body as this like amazing thing that made your body or made made your baby like be here and I was like but I also almost lost her and my body did that to us so I have this really like Mm -hmm love-hate relationship with my body right now so I'm not Mm. positive I'm probably more on the negative right now so just like hearing you talk about everything I'm like it's a lot for me at this point but I so appreciate all the insight and all of the like work that you had to do to come to that realization and have that thought and to have those kind of things um in your classes um, a long time ago, I took Shannon's class back in Yaletown and mm. I was also not doing so well with some of my body parts. And I remember Shannon, you just came up to me and you're like, this, this, and this, I have a person for this. And I ended up working with the person and my body is great in that area now. Mm. So I have to credit you for that because mm. I was not walking properly. I was pretty depressed actually, because my body was not working. Um, and that's solely because of you and your insight and your mm-hmm. lovely being. So thank you so much for <laughs> all of your help. <laughs> so. Well, let me start by saying that, Danielle, you are having a traumatic experience. I'm going to cry. I don't want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the other thing that we find unacceptable is expressing emotion around others, right? And I think that this is a society downfall right there. Because the quickest way to unearth an emotion and release stress is by allowing yourself to cry. But we are so about holding a certain posture. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that actually kind of pulled me away from the yoga experience. It was about creating a shape. And we're always constantly trying to create this shape of I can handle it all, mm. right? And I think that shape, that posturing creates rigidity in the body, right? Mm. And we just get more and more resistant the more we try to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about the allowing it to be. And whether I'm, you know, teaching a yoga class or you sitting in your closet right now and you're having a, you know, a a trigger to what's being said, and I totally understand why, is if you are moved, taking a breath and allowing that to flow is all that the work is. That's all that it is. I like, I love to make difficult things really simple for myself and for my clients and for my fitness classes, right? It's like whatever comes up, whatever the body offers us is completely acceptable. And I'm not even saying you need to accept it, Mm -hmm. but it is acceptable because it's a natural release. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can just hold that space for our kids Mm-hmm. in the dance classes at that early age. Like I didn't have that space held for me when I was growing up yeah. in a dance studio. I, mean, yeah. I know that it's even, it's happening so much more now Then I think we're going to change the world <laughs> yeah. with our with our schools, yeah. right? Yeah. Just the fact that I think that Best Dance has more adult recreational dance classes. You didn't see that no. when... The, the acceptance that this is where you're at, you're an adult beginner, I think changes the world Yeah, for people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or even, I feel like even the conversation that I dropped out of dance, but I'm still allowed to dance, you know? Yeah, and I'm still a dancer. Yeah, I'm still a dancer. I'm still yeah. a dancer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And I, and I think, um, you know, I, I do hope actually, between you and I, Danielle, I do hope that there's more tears that come through these conversations mm-hmm. because I do think 
that there is a lot of trauma and grief that's trapped in us as connected to our bodies and movement and um, and even now, you know, as we're coming off three years, really, of, of post-pandemic life, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. I, I just had mm-hmm. a student the other day, and that's exactly, you know, she, we were just having a conversation about, how's everybody doing? And, and suddenly, you know, the tears start to come and she just yeah. said, okay, I've, I've cried before about these things. Why am I still yeah. crying? And I, and I, because it's still there and there's yeah. still a lot to be processed that we don't yeah. just go, okay, all the hard things are over. Now let's keep going. It's, it's not like that, yeah. you know? And, and we don't need to show up perfect yeah. for our people. Yeah. We just Even need on to podcasts. show up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, I think the more we do that, I think I think this whole like everything's fine. I think that is a defense mechanism, Absolutely. actually, to keep people at a distance and from asking how we are, yeah. from inquiring. Yeah. And I think the, the the more we practice sitting with our own pain, the more that we are going to be accepting when somebody comes to us and they're not okay. Yeah. 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 And it's okay for them to not be okay. We can still dance. You can still do the Pilates class, not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we can still be with each other, not okay. Yeah. Like we need to start letting people see us. Yeah. Well, even one of the comments was, um, I don't feel like I can give 100% when I feel like this. And I go, well, then don't. <laughs> give 50%, give 20%. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's fine. Yeah. But, but when we are in places and classes where, where we have to be 100%, it, it, just, it doesn't allow for real life. It doesn't give space for real life. And I think that's... I agree. But mm-hmm. the also thing you know, that really surprised me, um, I, I went through a separation five years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a year and a half where I was alone. And I was dancing every single day, mm-hmm. either in a class, you know, COVID hit and then I couldn't, but out of my home. It was my most expressive creative time. Mm-hmm. And it did coincide with my rock bottom. Yeah. And I don't, you know, now that things are, you know, pretty stable again, I'm in a great relationship for the last three years and we're engaged to be married and we're going to move in and all this nice. kind of stuff. I don't have that same access to that creative energy. Interesting. So it's beautiful to produce something in this time too, because we're so raw, like we're yeah. so accessible. And I would encourage anybody who's like going through something yeah. to find a way to move it either through like a dance class or writing in a journal, creating poetry, moving yeah. around your space. Like there, there's a resource there, Yeah, you know? And for me, it's the body. So I'm trained as a, as a counselor, but I love somatic movement. And my favorite thing is to get a group of women together and just move in the simplest repetitive ways with breath and sound. And it is incredible what, flows through them you know when you don't have to describe how you're feeling or explain yourself yeah 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 Yeah. well and I think and we've talked about this before but especially as connected to traumatic things there's often not words and and so to be able to just move it out of our bodies because that is where it gets stored when we aren't dealing with it or aren't able to deal with it so moving it just helps to give it a voice, those, those oh, unspeakable sure. emotions. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Danielle? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, as like, I'm not teaching right now, but hopefully when things get better and my health is better, I can hopefully go back to teaching and be like, you know, the teacher I once was, which was a very open and honest teacher to people that I trust in. Mm -hmm. Um, But like for people that are maybe starting out or people that are already in the field of movement, doesn't have to be dance. It could be anything. um, How can we kind of better facilitate maybe bringing out more of that like raw kind of feeling in our students if they're willing to like what would be the first step in doing that I'm so glad you asked um 
Well, I'm going to circle this before we leave it. I'm going to circle back to you because I know the situation you're in right now with um, nap times and feedings and diaper changes and all of that. And I was in that same place that you were in um, 13 years ago, 14 years ago with, with a yoga studio at the time. And the suggestion I would make to anybody who's in sort of a restricted access to studio situation, tired <laughs> situation, yeah. is when take 10 minutes a day to turn on your favorite music and just move your body. And if you're laying on the ground, that's even better. Just to kind of like connect and ground your energy and orient yourself back into your breath and your movement can be so completely healing and a beautiful place to start. So for any teacher who's interested in bringing more of that feeling into their classes, know that it has to start with us. We have to kind of explore that on our own because when you bring it into public space, people are going to feel really awkward about it, right? Yeah. So the more grounded you are in your grounding practice, mm -hmm. the, the more they're going to accept it and take it on and just kind of like close one eye and look at you and just, oh, I'm going to go with this, right? Yeah. Um, but with the kids in our dance schools, I feel it can be super, super simple. Kids actually get it quicker than we do. If we just, before we like layer in more choreo or we go to the bar, like have them lay down onto the floor into like a little shavasana type position, have them close their eyes. A lot of these kids are just coming from school to dance, yeah. right? Have them get into the breath, you know, place hands, breathe. I have people before my Pilates class, we always stand, we ground. So we just let all the energy sort of like soften towards the feet. We don't need to change the breath at all yet. Just feel your feet in connection to the ground. We do a little bit of just natural breath, feeling it coming and going. And we take a moment to look at ourselves in the mirror. This is called orienting. So many of the kids don't get to just stop and see their bodies and how they're changing. I mean, mm -hmm. we also actually don't really want to see that at that age. Mm -hmm. So get them to stop and just stand and look at themselves from head to toe at the beginning and the end of class or do your breathing practice at the end beginning and end and it's so simple five minutes of this work i think can actually shift the level of dancing and mm. movement because then they kind of bring with them that sort of inner state yeah into the work that we're doing as well as that outer performative yeah. state right yeah yeah so that's what I would suggest. That's really helpful. Amazing. Yeah, that's really, really helpful. Now, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you are now finding ways where your physical body practices are crossing over into your counseling practice. Can you, can you mm. maybe just tell us a bit about that? Like, as you've gone into the counseling field, mm. which I'm presuming is a relatively new thing for you, the counseling? It is new and, it, and I'm just kind of brushing up against it okay. a little bit. Um, my specialization is in substance abuse and intimacy counseling, otherwise known as like um, couples counseling. Okay. So those are the my two sort of avenues of interest. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit at a crossroads, to okay. be honest with you, because I keep getting pulled back to teaching movement. I, mm. I try to walk out there and like explore doing just mostly talk therapy work. And then another opportunity shows up to work with people and movement. Yeah. And then there's been a strong growth in my Pilates uh, work as well. So what I'm doing mostly now is I'm trying to bring as much of the knowledge that I've gathered from my counseling school and bring it into my everyday classes mm. with people. So I just sort of stay in yeah. those practices. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's where I'm at right now. With it. We'll see where it goes. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I keep wanting to go there. Um, but there's something um, I think really important for me still to do in this work. And it's hard to be honest with you. It's hard to do a dual career in yeah. each. So I'm trying to figure out how I can balance that. I also just, we have a blended family of three kids, three pets, and I have a partner. So I'm trying to like navigate all of my outside stuff with right. some of the career shifts. So right. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you've you've stepped right into the territory that we've kind of been talking about, Danielle and I, and where where um, some of what we're doing here at Bez is starting to go, which is that we're. Um, you know, finding a career in dance therapy is actually a hard thing. There's not much training here in Canada. Um, mm. And so we're really experimenting with um, what we are just naturally discovering is is happening through classes where um, you encourage students to um, begin to express whatever is happening emotionally or that they're even just feeling physically to begin to express it through movement. Um, and I feel like this is a whole territory that we as movers get to just experiment in um, without having to have the pressure that we're now counselors. Because I don't think that that's the point of, mm -hmm. of um, what can come out of movement. And, and so I, I keep calling it kind of um, self-discovery so that it becomes the person's understanding of what's going on in them and listening to themselves physically mm -hmm. and discovering that through movement. Um, mm. So I hope, I hope that, that you keep pressing into that crossover because I do think that there's something really important that's arising not out of the counseling discipline but out of the dance discipline and going in the mm. other direction. Um, and as you said before, with with the with the shifts that we've all felt from COVID, there's so there's like a backlog of experiences. Just we're all kind of holding on to. Even I still see it like with teaching in the studio. I still have people coming back, and they're like, "This is my first time back in a public studio experience in three years," wow. and I feel anxious right now. Wow. You know, and so I know for women too. Um, there's a great sense of loss, what we've lost. You know, women are, are, you know, now providing more for their families. We've worked so hard to get to a place in our careers. Yeah. And, it, you know, we've had to let go of so much and do so much emotional labor over the last three years. Yeah, There's anger brewing in us, which yeah. is so important for us to have a safe space to express. Um, there's grief for us, you know, I, I, there's like hopes and dreams that we've had to let go of and people we've lost. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's been, it's really difficult to, for us to form a language around it. In fact, you know, we're actually sometimes feeling like there's no place for us to actually share that really what we might deem as being negative emotion yeah. in our daily lives. We're just yeah. holding things up for ourselves yeah. and for other people constantly. It's fucking exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all exhausted, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like where you're interested in going is I think you and I are driving in parallel lanes here. I, I think, think so. Very I think we're going to need to do it. some stuff together. <laughs> I was just going to say, can I like book your coffee date? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very exciting and, and scary work um, because it's like it, 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 we're, we're pulling a long train of women's expression and exploration of emotion not being accepted. Yeah. And it's not, and it's, to be honest with you, we feel that it's like a patriarchal type of situation, but we do it to each other. Yeah. And the more, yeah. you know, safe spaces we can create where women are allowed to get together and just be ugly in their emotion, yeah. like allow it to come out without any sense of performance. Yeah. The healthier we will all be. Yeah. For yeah. It, you know? That is right on. Yeah, is that, that how is we're right going to promote it, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> it's an ugly crying group. Well, you know what? My, uh, my class that I teach, um, one of the ladies says that her husband, um, her husband says every time she's about to come to the class, he goes, oh, are you going to your breathe and cry class? Oh. <laughs> yes, I am. Goodbye. Exactly. <laughs> Make your own dinner. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think yeah. what you're saying about that whole thing, the pressure, not just what a patriarchal society has done to us, but that we put on each other, um, mm -hmm. is is this pressure that you know, um, you know, even what you might feel, Danielle, in saying I don't want to cry right now, um, and no shame on that either, um, yeah. but. 
Um, but there is this feeling that we recognize that because there's such a well of pain and grief and mm -hmm. tears, um, that if we, I hear this very, very often, but if I start crying, I may never stop. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's a very real fear. Um, sure. but, but it also is okay, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, when I started, <clears throat> excuse me, when I started tapping into some of those things in me, it took me five years to stop crying <laughs> mm. and that's kind of a terrifying thing. And yet that's how long it took to finally get those things out and resolved and mm. healed and expressed. Um, yeah. And I kind of want to go back to something that you said about this patriarchal thing. I think this is where movement is also helpful because women's voices have been so squelched in a patriarchal society um, that being able to express with talk therapy is a hard thing because mm -hmm. our voices have been so shut down, which mm -hmm. is why accessing them through our bodies is a really helpful, mm -hmm. uh, you know, way to process those things that have been, you know, uh, even one woman saying, I, I, I always feel this tightness in my throat, which was something mm -hmm. for me. Um, and, and it was our voice being squelched so often. Mm -hmm. So I talk therapy, especially if you get a male counselor, even <laughs> it becomes yeah. a difficult thing because we've been shut down from speaking yeah. and using our voices. So Mm -hmm. And we start really, really simple in the work of just getting the breath moving. Mm -hmm. So just getting like a full diaphragmic breath. That's good. You know, and, and allowing it to just move with ease without force. You know, we're not trying to take a deep breath, but just allowing the diaphragm to move with the breathing can help to free up that whole line of energy. Quite often we're locked down yeah. around this area. Yeah. So, um, and then it, making sounds that don't, sound like words but they're still expressive like a simple yeah. sigh yeah. to start with or ah sounds like this and it's, it's pretty incredible when you get breath and when you get sound happening yeah. how stress is released and energy flows and, right on yeah right on that's yeah. really great can I, can I mention something actually that you kind of inspired in me is that I think that part of how we um, kind of squelch each other a little bit is that as women is that we believe we're being strong for each other mm. by not fully expressing how we're feeling yeah. and I think there's some really good intentions there it's yeah. like we know looking at each other that the other person is having a challenging time yeah but we're very quick to be like oh you got this right yeah. like you're good yeah Right. Yeah. And or we feel yeah. like we need to do something very sort of a, like a masculine, I guess, way to do it. We feel like we need to solve the problem for them. And if we don't feel like we can do that, then we don't address it. Yeah. And, and yeah. all I'm proposing is is just getting comfortable with other people's pain. Yeah. You know, and yeah. when someone is hurt or uh, tired or on the verge of tears, is that we we just sit with it. You know, we yep. just breathe with them and we don't actually say anything. Yeah. And, and in, in a workshop, like something like what we're talking about is that we just hold space for whatever comes up and we don't. And I, and actually, this is the big thing that I learned from counseling is counseling is not about solving anything. It's not right. about advice. Right. Yeah. At all. It's yeah. about, you know, holding space for someone to explore and express emotion. Yeah. With some guidance as to where they're moving towards and yeah. that's a destination that they've decided yeah you know yeah. is a goal not not the counseling so yeah, yeah. that's the little structure i'm talking about is that that's like awesome. it's not about making somebody feel better yeah yeah you know like that's not the work for any outside facilitator to do it's about holding space for somebody to unravel to undo right and that's all because this this world doesn't feel like there's opportunities to, to do that, right? Yeah. So it's a yeah. pretty sacred space to hold. It really is. For people where you actually don't do very much. Yeah, yeah. Just give permission. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think even too um, is is that that feeling that, well, everybody's 
feeling a lot of these things. Therefore, yeah. I don't want to put it on anybody else. Actually, um, it was really heightened. Uh, we were in the nation of Rwanda, and we were working with um, a bunch of widows from the genocide, 150 mm. widows. And, and we just asked them to start sharing. And as they did, one of them finally said, well, why are you asking all, us all to share? Because we all have the same pain and we don't want to lay it on each other because we already have too much of a burden. And, yeah. and we just had to say, well, because each of you and your pain matters. And, and I think we, we, especially if we're moms, we don't want to introduce any more difficulty with our families, um, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we'll hold it in even more because mm -hmm. we don't want to impose that pain on anyone. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, and that becomes detrimental in the long run, I'm sure. So, I believe so as well. Yeah. 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 And, there's, and, and there's nothing wrong with saying this shit is hard. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, there's, it's, it's perfectly acceptable to feel ill-equipped yeah. to do anything yeah. that you've never done before. Yeah. Like that's perfectly acceptable, yeah. you know, like, but at the same time, it's like, I think in general, we have to hold space for that's what life is all about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about like, it's not going to be perfect and predictable and we're not going to be equipped for what comes up. Yeah. So if you don't know, it's okay. Yeah. If you don't know how you're feeling, it's okay. If yeah. you're angry, it's okay. Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of circling back. That's what the neutral approach means to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Day, right? yeah. It's not going to be like, oh, well, that sounds really hard, but you're going to be okay, right? You yeah. got that. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a real difference in approaches there. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, um, Danielle, we need to give you a voice just for a minute no. before we finish. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're like, learning so much. Over here. <laughs> um, I guess, like, how do I put this? So, like, moving forward, Shannon, in yeah. your practice, I know you said you were at a crossroads, but at this point, like, what you kind of, like, what would be, I hate to say the dream scenario, what is something, like, you're looking forward to in your ever-changing career? Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to, I guess, uh, make a big impact on a small community is kind of how I'm thinking about it now in the sense of like, I understand that a lot of people will not or most people won't put themselves in a situation to get help with specific trauma. Um, there's definitely resistance out there. So what I do is I like, I, I sneak the spinach in the smoothie is kind of how I'm thinking about it. So, you know, all like... The, the bigger net that a fitness studio sort of captures, most of the people coming in are going to have trauma. Mm -hmm. Most of the people are going to be overwhelmed with their lives and stressed out from their nine to five job or injured or, you know, whatever it is, right? Have some sort of traumatic history. So what I try to do in, in everything that I'm doing right now, whether it be a public Pilates class or my weight training and Pilates class online or my teacher training is I just try to do exactly what we're talking about is come as you are. So whatever's going on for you right now is perfectly acceptable within the framework of what we're doing today. Um, I feed that message into all the teachers that I'm training as well. It's that, you know, we're not just teaching a fitness class. We're holding space to have an individual experience for each person. Hmm. And whatever comes up for them is completely acceptable. It's actually part of the work. Hmm. So we can't get strong on a foundation of... I don't know what's going on with me. So if that information comes up in class, then it's going to be part of the fitness experience. So I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm sort of flying like under the radar right now with the therapy work that I love to do. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, so completely satisfying, so much more satisfying than even when I was just teaching yoga. Yeah. Because before I felt like I was telling people how to fix themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. now I'm just like, okay, this is where we're at. I'm going to take you to some strong places. You're going to be challenged in my class. And however, you know, your body responds to it is completely acceptable. But I do believe in challenging people. Because mm -hmm. I think that when people overcome 
a challenge for themselves that they build a physical, emotional, and psychological confidence. Hmm. And so that's really like the heart of the therapy work that I'm doing with people right now in a general way. I'm going to take you to an edge. The tool is breath. Yeah. If you become flooded, please take a break, but rejoin us when you can. And we're just going to keep trying together. That's good. And we don't have to get it all done today. So that's, that's really what I'm doing, Danielle. And, you know, if that branches off to some more sort of specific um, other work and substance abuse or relationship work, then I'll be really happy, individual work, trauma work. Um, but for now, that's really where I'm, I'm using a lot of the skills that I acquired in my training. That's so great. Yeah. That is so If great. I can, I just want to say, Shannon, I have taken so many classes in my life. I started when I was three. I'm 33 now. Obviously, pandemic. I wasn't in class and I feel it, but your class like was so hard. (laughs) It was like so difficult for me because it wasn't just like the routine things that I knew how to do. Mm -hmm. It was a new way of understanding the ground and the way my body moved and you approached it in a like slow, confident, strong way. Mm -hmm. And I was just used to being like, well, you should just know how to do this without any like really encouragement or anything like that to get better at anything. And I just want to say thank you because I have like, after I took your class, I then a few years later brought you in to work with my Choreo Lab girls Mm because they also had that same upbringing as me and they were not the same after that. And Mm -hmm. that was just like, what, an hour or two with you? And they had like years of training with other people and didn't have that same kind of experience. So what Mm -hmm. you are doing is important and I'm so happy that you guys could kind of connect because you're both special to me and I really appreciate both of you and what you put out there. So thank you both. And thank you, Shannon, for coming mm-hmm. on. We really like, honestly, like appreciate your insight and yeah, just your knowledge. Good. So yeah. thank you. Well, thank you. I, yeah. I love the conversation for me. It's, and, I, and I do, you know, I think the big work for me too has been um, being open to receiving like accolades like yours, Danielle, it fuels what I do. But also it's it's been really important to me to receive feedback from people. Um, it's it's a new practice for me because as you re- were mentioning, Sandy, like even at a young age, like we, we build this resistance to receiving feedback, mm-hmm. um, you know, from our mentors, our teacher. And so I think it builds this idea that we need to be perfect. And, you know, if we do get feedback, it feels very, very harsh mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... I love the conversation about absolutely anything pertaining to the body and the mind and the spirit. And I welcome now as like calling to the table, the difficult issues of where our blind spots are Mm. um, without hurting each other over it. I mean, there's so much work that's been done in the dance schools now that are, like I said, changing how people feel about their bodies. Young people feel about their bodies that we are not acknowledging it, the scene used to be so different when we were growing up and as, as young people. Yeah. And I have to applaud both of you for making those changes mm-hmm. and for tapping into how kids feel about what they're doing. I got to give you an example. My, my stepdaughter, Emmy, um, she's done dance her, you know, from a young age to 10 and she felt confident enough to tell her parents this year that she didn't think that dance was her thing. Hmm. And I feel like that's an option as well. I wrote out dance for several more years, not feeling like I could say, don't think dance is my thing. And now she's singing, right? Singing's her thing. So I, and she had wonderful dance teachers and, you know, the teachers that opened, you know, um, in a recreational sort of atmosphere, like opened her up to a number of different types of dance and she loved it. But I think now, I think now is the time to look at our kids and our teenagers as whole beings that actually have enough experience to draw on that's going to feed the work. So it's not just about learning steps anymore. It's like, what's important to you? Yeah. Where are you moving from? Not just what are you moving with and I think I'm so happy to hear that about your dancers, Danielle, because maybe they just haven't had enough people asking them what's important to them. Yeah, yeah. What moves you from the inside out? Yeah, 
Yeah. Right. That might be the missing piece for many dancers. It's like you're not just going through the steps. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more to access yeah. for ourselves and what we're doing. Yeah. 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 That's I want to say good. one more thing. Sure. Say, say whatever you like. <laughs> I feel like that is the missing piece for those of us coming back to leading classes. And I'm, of course, talking about, you know, the process you're going through, Danielle, is that like, I think that we have to acknowledge that dance is more than, you know, the technique aspect and that we, you know, as, as, as older dance and fitness leaders, we have a lot more to offer people. That's not just the physical part. Yeah. You can't maybe take your leg and extend it all the way up by your head anymore, but that's not the point. Not the point. We are we are leaders of helping people to fall in love with movement. That's really what the mission is, isn't it? To to help facilitate a, a lifetime of of movement for yeah. people. Yeah, I like that. Leaders helping people to fall in love with movement. I like that. That's uh, yeah. Um, and that probably is you know the best way to kind of tie this back down to our finish is there anything (laughs) is there anything that you kind of want to promote we kind of give our guests an opportunity to promote classes or things that you're doing um before we have to say goodbye well um like I said you know my big mission is to spread my love of movement to as many corners as possible um so I am running two Pilates teachers training teacher trainings this year and I have an information session for uh, one that's happening in the fall, and it's happening at Yoga Generation tomorrow uh, from 1.30 to 3.30. Um, so if Pilates is part of your movement practice and it's something that you've fallen in love with and you've kind of thought about maybe teaching it, this is an opportunity for you to come and take a class with me and then stay for an hour and ask any questions that you might have. And I'm doing another information session next weekend on the 18th another teacher training that I'm doing in Vancouver. So you can access all this information on my website. Which is? ShannonCluffPilates.com. Okay, ShannonCluffPilates.com. We're so thankful, Shannon, that you have joined us. And uh, we look forward to more conversations. I feel like this is not the last that we will have with you. Um, I hope not. Yeah. This was great. It's great to meet you, Shannon. Thank you, Danielle, for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we hope that you will join us again. We'll be back. Oh, when is our next one, Danielle? March. Two weeks from now. Two weeks Whatever from now. Is. March 27th. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back again. And thank you so much for joining us, Shannon and Danielle. We, I look forward to the next conversation. And uh, for all of you who've joined us, thank you for joining us. We will see you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Voice of the Artist Dance Edition. Voice of the Artist is a production of Bez Arts Hub and works in conjunction with many other dance organizations and studios. To respond to us or let us know what other topics you'd like us to cover, email hello at bezartshub.com. For more information about us, go to bezartshub.com dance. We'll see you next time.